shame even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it is said, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart. the gospel. Glory to you, O Lord. Glory to you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. 
Honestly, I wasn't thinking so much uh, today about the fact that um, many of us are going to be turning in our stewardship cards for this coming year. And of course, stewardship always speaks about our entire life in Christ. But the epistle reading uh, this morning, I think, really speaks to that as well. And so I find it to be very timely. It really talks about a couple of things, and I wanted to just share some thoughts on on the epistle reading of St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. One of them has to do with just our life in Christ, and he talks about that a little bit, but maybe even more so, he brings up this issue of time, and how, as Christians, we are to use the time or redeem the time that we have, because our time is very limited. I was in uh, uh, Virginia and Washington, D.C. a few weeks ago with Father Vasily Hillhouse, and we were at a, a clergy, a national clergy retreat, and we went to uh, Mount Vernon to where George Washington's uh, estate was. And it was very beautiful, and it was interesting to see, just as we were reading a lot of signage and going on the tour and all of that, just looking at when all of this took place historically. And I realized how young our country is compared to those European nations and and the Far Eastern uh, nations, how young our country is. But also I notice how quickly time passes. And I I think this may be something that we're more aware of as we get older. When we're young, it doesn't seem like time really exists. The only time we really are aware of as children, the times that we hate, are bedtime. And when we have to get up in the morning to go to school. Other than that, we're sort of oblivious to time as children. But as as we get older, we realize that time, or at least the perception is that time is just flying by. And uh, we not only see it, but we feel it in our bodies. We experience it. So the point here is that time is extremely precious. And as Christians, as those who proclaim to be followers of Jesus Christ, baptized in Him... We want to strive to make the use, the best use of our time every single day. In his letter, St. Paul says, For you were formerly darkness. He didn't say you were formerly in darkness. Formerly you were darkness. But now you are the light in the Lord. St. Paul is speaking to the people of Ephesus, but really he's speaking to all of the people that he had uh, met throughout his public ministry, as well as speaking us today and for all the generations between his time and our time. And he reminds the Ephesians that before the good news was preached to them, before he took the message of the resurrection and the life of Christ, before they were baptized into Christ, they literally walked in darkness. And we identify that in many ways. One Patricia commentator says, Remember what you once were. And I want us to think about this personally too when when we hear these words. Remember what you once were and what you are now. And that you came from the darkness of ignorance into the light. For you used to be, by what you believed and how you lived your life... Darkness itself. But now you are light itself because you have come to know the true God who is light and to practice the deeds of light. This has happened to you not because of your own virtue but because of the grace of God. And this is important because 
This is a struggle that we have, I think, throughout our Christian life. It's that sense of hypocrisy. That feeling that I call myself a Christian, I go to a place called a church, I try to read the scripture, yet there's this other thing that's going on inside of me that seems to almost nullify all of that. These are the sins that I commit that are contrary, really, to the life that Christ is calling me to. And he is identifying these ways as living in a life uh, or in, in, a, in, a, in a way of darkness by the deeds that we, that we do. In other words, having been baptized, he says, you are now light bearers. You are Christ bearers. Therefore, St. Paul says, walk as children of the light. Walk as children of the light. How? And this is important to us. By always trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. By always trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. That is to say, we are to make it our quest to always be learning the way of life our Lord is calling us to live. And then live it, which will be the manifestation of our proclamation that we are Christians. It has to be by the way we live our life. This must be the deciding factor as we walk and talk and be in the world with people that our life and our words, our actions, our responses need to reflect the fact that we are Christians. Learn and know not only what it means to be a Christian, but what it looks like in day-to-day living, in day-to-day relationships with others. One way to do this is through imitation. In St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, he says, Be imitators of me, as I am of Christ. In other words, he says, follow my example. Not just what I'm teaching you by my words when I visit you, but the way I live my life, the way I have an exchange with you, the way you witness me behaving in the midst of other people. I am that example. I am following the example of Christ, and I am asking you to follow my example as I follow him. You see, God raises up saints. He raises up holy people in every generation for us to see, to experience in those relationships, and to imitate. There's another way to learn what is pleasing to the Lord, through the spoken words of others and through reading. In his second letter to the Thessalonians, St. Paul says, Brethren, stand firm and hold to the traditions what you were taught, whether by word of mouth or by letter from us. To learn what is pleasing to the Lord is found not only in the examples of the apostles and the examples of the saints and the examples of people today, but also in their writings through Holy Scripture and through the writings of the Holy Fathers. This is why it's important, one of the many reasons why it's important for us to read them and to know them and then to allow them to become part of us. So if we want to know the way of the Lord, we have all that is needed at our disposal. But what do we do with it? And that is not only a question of will, it's a question of time. Because whatever we find most important in life, that's what we typically spend time on. And we may be embarrassed to say what we spend the most amount of time on, but it certainly reflects where our heart is. And we can hate it all we want, but unless we do something about it, we're going to continue to be slaves to that which we give most of our time to. 
Learning what is pleasing to the Lord is the Christian's highest priority. And putting into practice what we learn in our day-to-day life is the logical next step. And this is the doing of good. We're also admonished to undo some things, to let go of some ways that are harmful to us, that impede our heart's desire to fulfill the Lord's will for us. In verses 11 and 12, St. Paul says, Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. Instead, expose them. Immorality, impurity, greed must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. There must be no filthiness and silly talk, joking, or coarse jesting, sarcasm, which are not fitting for those who wish to enter into the kingdom of heaven. In chapter 4, just before this chapter that we read from today, he says, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, foul language, or gossip, or anything of that nature, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. One of, now I'm going to be very transparent. One of the things I confess almost every single time I go to confession is that I don't weigh my words carefully. There's a reason why the saints have very small mouths. You know that reason, right? It's to indicate that they speak very few words. And when they do speak, they really are selective in what they say and how they say it. We need to weigh our words very, very carefully and not just go on and on and on and on about things. This may be seen as antisocial to some people. It may be actually difficult for some people. But we have to be very careful that only such words that are good for edification according to the need of the moment so that whatever we say, whatever we speak, it will give grace to those who hear He goes on to say in chapter 4, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and shouting... They use the word clamor. I don't know what clamor means. But when I looked it up, it meant shouting, screaming, yelling, and slander. Let all of these things be put away from you, along with all malice. It's interesting and and kind of humorous in the same way. One of our family wellness team members, George Papa George, who's a therapist in the Bay Area, he's a phenomenal speaker. I'm hoping to actually bring him up here uh, to give a talk, uh, both on parenting and also on do a men's retreat, a one-day retreat. He's a very dynamic, charismatic speaker. And he has this little slide that he shows when we did all of our regional conferences. And he says, when something is really, really important for a parent, a message they feel they have to get across to their children, they scream. They yell. They shout. Because of the importance of it. And so this is something that St. Paul is saying. We have to not only weigh our words, but the manner in which we speak them is very, very important too. Coming out with gentleness and kindness will be much more effective than coming across with anger and wrath and shouting. Instead, he says, expose all of these things for everything that becomes visible is light. How do we expose them and how do they become light? We expose them by confessing them. 
so that what we confess is healed within us. That is, what becomes visible becomes light. Paul is exhorting the Ephesians not to let their former ways of darkness remain concealed for any reason. Whatever remains hidden in the heart will reign over the heart. If it's darkness, then darkness will reign over the heart. If it's Christ, then Christ will reign in the heart. So he says, be careful how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time. Because the days are evil, and truly they are. Time, as you have heard, is a precious commodity, and we are called to be good stewards of our time. For once it has passed, we can never reclaim it. I don't know if you heard the news. Um, I don't have a lot of means of receiving news. I don't watch the news on TV. I don't have a newspaper. I get little feeds and so forth on my phone. But I don't spend a lot of time reading the news. But one of the things that came across that it caught my attention, not sure why, maybe it was a childhood thing, was the passing away of David Cassidy. Now, for those of you who are in your maybe uh, mid to late 40s, 50s, even 60s, you'll remember David Cassidy as one of the uh, iconic pop uh, culture uh, individuals, especially in the TV show that ran, I think, in the early to mid-70s called The Partridge Family. You remember The Partridge Family? I grew up on The Partridge Family. So I was born in 65, and I think it began to air in 70. So between 5 and, and whatever, 9 or 10, I would watch The Partridge Family. Family. Anyway, that's when TV was kind of clean and fun. David Cassidy, it's very interesting, on his deathbed, and this was what his daughter Katie Cassidy said, because she was standing beside him uh, on, uh, as he was getting ready to take his last breaths. And she reports, she reports that the very last words that came out of his mouth before he died were the following. So much wasted time. So much wasted time. Now, I don't know precisely what he meant by that. I don't know what it was he felt he wasted his time on. And if he could do it all over again, how he would use that time. But I can say this, it impacted me and I hope it impacts you. Because we do not want to utter those words. Truly, we know our days are numbered. Even, uh, even this day, for, for, for many of us, could be numbered. We never know, because our life literally hangs on a thread in the balance. Every day is a day to give thanks to God, and to allow the light of Christ to shine forth from us and into the world, and into every relationship while we have the breath of life. It is also said that time and tide waits for no man. We cannot stop the clock, nor the rising and the setting of the sun. We cannot call a time out. Every day is precious. Every day is an opportunity. And each passing day, we march to the end of our time on this earth. We should always bear within us a sense of urgency, not in a frantic way, but in a way that moves us to make the most of each breath we take and every beat of our heart. I think this is what St. Paul is addressing in many ways today in the epistle reading. He reminds us to not be foolish, but to understand what the will of the Lord is. To not get drunk, which is a waste of time, but to be filled with the Spirit. To not use our time to argue and to fight and to shout and to scream, because this is a waste of time. 
but speaking to each other, as he says, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, which is a good use of time. Singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. People, I don't want any of us to come to the end of our life and to utter the words, so much wasted time. Our life is too precious to waste. The relationships we have with loved ones are too valuable to squander. Our time to repent, to know God, to serve our Lord, and to serve others is too priceless to ignore. We need to redeem each moment of every day. And I'll just close with a brief quote from one of the church fathers. He says, In this present life, time is not our own. We are strangers. We are sojourners in this world. And therefore, we should seek neither honor, nor glory, nor revenge on others. End quote. And I simply say, we can use the time God has allotted each of us to spread kindness, mercy, encouragement, patience, gentleness, and love. In essence, wherever we go and whoever we encounter in this life, be they known to us or not known to us, we have the opportunity to leave the fragrance of Christ. May we all make the most of time in giving thanks to God for all things. Amen.